Hello and thanks for tuning into another edition of the Thai with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. Meet Dan Hodges, my special guest on this episode of the podcast. Dan had the odds stacked against him. Not only was he born blind, he also battled with health challenges that caused people to write him off. However, Dan did not give up. He completed law school when many thought he couldn't. He also went ahead and co-founded a nonprofit with a mission of helping people with disabilities overcome obstacles in life. You're in for a treat. This is a time with Fred podcast. It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Dan, welcome to the Time with Fred podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to having this conversation with you. Absolutely, Dan. The pleasure is all mine. So, Dan, I, I want to, I know I give a little teaser about your story here, but why don't you let our listeners in a little bit? Who is Dan? Well, I would say I'm complicated like every other human on the planet. I am a father of three. I am someone who who has a a constellation of medical conditions that is literally not found anywhere in the textbooks or in the PubMed studies. I mean, I've stumped doctors from coast to coast. But at the same time, I'm someone who loves to read and loves to learn and really enjoys creating something new out of nothing. So I would say I'm, I'm all of those things and many more. Dan, I love that. I, I love the, the unique perspective, right, that you draw to yourself. Dan, you, you were born blind. You had a lot of health challenges going on. I mean, you have a lot of odds that were stuck against you. And, and some people didn't actually believe that uh, what you've accomplished today would be things that you'd, you'd accomplish. Now, you, you went to law school and you did so many other great things. Now, how did someone, Dan, like you, with all these odds and challenges that you had to deal with in life, how were you able to shift those things around, uh, Dan? How, did you, how were you able to turn that around? You know, I've had the vast majority of people at various points throw the wet blanket down. But at the same time, I have always been blessed in the same sense that I think at every point in my life, there's always been one or two close people who have really pushed me forward. And these have been incremental pushes, you know, completing my GED because I wasn't able to get a good K-12 education, getting into college, getting some decent training, getting my first job and raising kids and various other things. There's always been one or two people that have really helped me take those next strides forward. And so I've been very blessed in that. And tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the challenges, Dan, that you had to overcome in life. Because, Dan, for a lot of people who, you know, experience some of the things that, that you experience, those are powerful enough to keep them stuck in life, to keep them where they are, without any reason whatsoever to move forward in life. And Dan, if there's anything this podcast is dedicated to, or if anyone is dedicated, it's dedicated to people like you, people like you who 
have been able to turn those stories around, who didn't allow life and the challenges to, to, to keep you down, right? But you're able to make something meaningful out of it, whether it's through the help of people that um, you found along the way, which, which we all do, right? How, how, how difficult was it, Dan, to, to overcome uh, or to shut you know, out some of those negative voices and, and dare I say, even people who probably thought that you, you, you wouldn't be able to make it this far. It's been pretty difficult, especially at points. I think that I would separate the challenges into two buckets, as it were. There's the internal bucket, the things that my body itself experiences and the challenges associated there. And then there's the external bucket. Um, societal perceptions, exclusion, lack of accessibility, etc. And the latter, the latter category, the latter category, the latter bucket definitely has more in it more, and more sway. Um, on the inside, for instance, I would say, you know, pain is pain. I've experienced pain throughout most, if not all, of my life. I even my early childhood memories, there's some pain involved. And, you know, I had to go back right around my 30th birthday and get, you know, my first piece of titanium put into my femur because I was born with twisted femurs, you know, things like that. Or, you know, there are some things that are associated with the loss of eyesight that can be difficult, but I would say the vast majority of things, again, are, you know, why is this particular thing that I need to read only available in print or not accurately available in other formats? Why do we have people who should be supporting us as parents coming in and refusing to learn our, altern our alternative techniques from us? instead of making their own assumptions based on no knowledge base whatsoever and then trying to really send us down a very dark path. Why do we have really a workforce in the employment sector that despite all of its strides toward the diversity, equity, and inclusion really you know, has significant failing still when it comes to valuing people who use alternative techniques or who have a resume that has gaps in it due to medical care and such. And so I think the good news here is if I'm looking at this and saying realistically, 70, 80% of the struggles I faced are of the external variety, that's fixable. That is really optimistic news because there is a lot of runway for us to make a positive change there. Yeah, and, and I like the way you put it, um, the external things, right, which, which has a lot of sway. Um, and, and all of these things, Dan, are very legitimate odds that um, are, are, are powerful enough to keep a person down. What was the drive for you? I know you mentioned that you had a few people along life's journey that kind of helped you, um, uh, it kind of pushed pushed you along, but would you say that well, there was some inner personal drive that you possessed? I'd imagine that yes, we find people along life's journey that can help us, but 
a lot of that depends. I'll, I'll, I'll dare say, I mean, this is not st statistically quotable anywhere, but in my, in my experience, there is a 70-30, a if you will, right? Or, or, or depending on how you look at it, but a significant amount of that drive or that desire to, to persist or to overcome some of these odds are in it. We have to own this. Where would you say that this personal drive came from? Why didn't you just accept the life, the cards that life dealt to you? After all, they were all very legitimate cards. Why did you decide to play that hand uh, in a way um, that ended up uh, 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 ending well in your favor, would you say? Absolutely. And I want to, well, I'll start off here by addressing, yes, I definitely do have that inner spark and I'm a very curious person. I'm someone who loves a good challenge. I just have that personality of someone who really enjoys that kind of growth and that kind of up upward trajectory. But I'm always cognizant as I say that of the fact that that's not always been reflected in my actions. It's not always been reflected in my ability to navigate this world. You know, among the other things I deal with, I have a diagnosed anxiety disorder, for instance. And you combine that with the persistent messages coming in from the outside world that I'm not enough. And I'll have days where I feel like I can take on the world. Mm. And I'll have days where I just don't want to get out of bed and want to give up because I don't feel like I have any fight in me. Mm. And, you know, both of those things are valid and they're not mutually exclusive. That's, that's part of what makes us human. Mm -hmm. So I always want to emphasize, yes, you have to own your circumstances. You have to be willing to take the bull by the horns, as it were. But let's not inadvertently create this idea in our minds or in anyone else's minds that that means that every day is going to be a bed of roses because it won't oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely we, we all have our struggles dan i mean no, no doubt um and, and i think before we even started i was i was sharing with you about how i find this particular time of year uh challenging uh because of the you know how cold and, and dreary tends to get and it's really just not motivating enough for me but i have to remind myself that there are things that i can do to control it i can't allow you know the weather and and the external things to dictate i have the struggles myself so i, I think that is a very valid point that we all find ourselves in those moments when it's just hard, right? We all have personal struggles that we deal with and we have to reach out to that, you know, whatever that, that power is, whatever that inner motivation. I mean, people have different things um, to, to, to be able to overcome some of those challenges. Now, Dan, you, you, you went, you decided to go to law school when the so-called experts told you that you, you, you couldn't. Um, what was that, what was that like, or what was that, um, why did you decide to go to law school? So this is one of those moments where I had a mentor or two who came in from different areas of my life at a, at a time that was just very provident. 
you know, they didn't know each other. They didn't coordinate it at all. They just happened to have the same comments within a few days of each other saying, you're articulate, you're smart, you're passionate about mm -hmm. advocacy. You have the skills and the desires that would make law school a good fit for you. Why have you not considered this? And I said, well, I don't know if I have the money and I don't know if I could do it because of the pain and the fatigue and the legal profession is so physically demanding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And somewhere deep inside, I have to admit, there's part of me that's even saying, okay, I realize I got my GED. I got a decent SAT score. I made it through undergrad. I'm not dumb, but at the same time, I also don't feel like I belong in that class. I don't feel like I'm as intelligent as my classmates would be. I don't have that record to point to that says, hey, look at this brainiac. And I didn't want to admit that to myself, much less anybody else. So I said, you know, all right, I'll think about it. I'll pray about it. We'll see what doors open. And slowly but surely, you had some financial assistance open up through a program that allowed me to get my LSAT for free. Mm. And then the accommodations were set up. And then I took the test and did reasonably well, well enough to get into the school of my choice and get a small scholarship at, you know, to boot. But I think even as I took on moving to Baltimore, which I had, I had been to for like a week in my life before then. I, this is a completely new region of the country for me, but I had pinned that as being the place I wanted to go to. As I took that on, as I rounded up the financial assistance and other things I needed, I started to gain momentum and say, look, this actually can happen. But it's not as though the imposter syndrome went away that first week of orientation. You know, law, law, law school, especially that first year, is meant to break you down. Mm in order to build you back up. That's for anyone. And the imposter syndrome is real. Mm -hmm. And so I think there were times, you know, you mentioned in my intro that there were many people who thought I couldn't do law school. There were many points during the process where I was among that many. <laughs> what am I doing here? But I made it through. I, Graduated on time. I graduated not at the bottom, but not at the top of my class, somewhere in the middle. But I think what I have heard from my peers, the respect that so many of them have been so kind to tell me about, you know, their respect, their just wanting to collaborate on things, just all of the things that they have offered has really reinforced, okay, I, I did belong there. Never mind that I had two foot surgeries while I was in law school. Never mind that I spent more than half of my time there without full use of my hands because both of my hands had some inflammatory attacks happen mm. right around midterms, mind you. And um, I ended up having to fight through the medications and fight through reduced ability to type. 
but I made it through. And in the process of making it through, I said, okay, I'm not going to go be a trial lawyer. I never meant to be a trial lawyer. So that's, that doesn't matter. And I'm not really well positioned to work alongside some of my peers in private firms. They're out there doing really intense hours and cases and such in my body at this point can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because I'm out taking this nonprofit that I helped form during law school and we're touching lives. Mm-hmm. We're helping to change the narrative and I get to work with people that I enjoy working with that. I feel like we're going to make a positive impact together. And so on a good day, I'll tell you, I never have to actually work Mm. in the sense of, I I don't, I don't take meetings. I don't want to take, I don't work with people. I don't want to work with. I, I don't do projects. I don't want to do. And what a blessing that is. Now on the flip side, I'm an entrepreneur who needs to actually make some money and I got to get that figured out. And I did, as of the time we're recording this, this past weekend, you know, congratulate many of my peers who passed the bar Mm. and I haven't sat for the bar yet. And so I had to process through that psychologically, but I guess at the end of this big long blurb is me saying, it's great. I'm happy. I've made it this far, Mm -hmm. but I want people who are in similar positions and people who are supporting those who are in similar positions to understand my story is not a direct upward trajectory. It's messy Mm. and it's complicated and it's okay and natural if it is for other people too, because Mm -hmm. that's how life works. Mm -hmm. What a powerful way to put it down. And and you're, you're, Absolutely right. I mean, going back to the point about loving what you do, I think there's a there's a quote that I have seen. I'm not sure I'm paraphrasing this. It says, commit yourself to doing what you love and you'll never work another day in your life, right? Doing what you love. But you, you touched on a few things, Dan, which I think it's worth mentioning here that there were those people or whoever, uh, you know, the, I, I call them guideposts, right? There were those people who spoke into your life, who who saw the potential in you and thought that you, you would do well by going to law school. I, I think this is a double-edged sword because you also have those people or those voices that will look at you and completely tell you the exact opposite that you would not amount to, to, to much. And it's important, the kind of filters we allow, the kind of people we'll let into our inner circle. I've said this more than once on this, on this, on this podcast, that we've got to be very careful the kind of voices we allow to influence our lives because one could lead you down the path of distraction, totally killing your dreams, and one can lead you up towards where you're supposed to be. And I thank God that you listened to the voices that led you down the path. Not that it was easy by any stretch of the imagination, as you rightly said, there were challenges and there were difficult things that Danny had to go through, but you stuck it out, you had great, and, and, and you made it. And I think it's important because as we go through this journey of life, the assumption is that life's meant to be easy or, or that you know once you find something that you're called to do or that once you find something you're good at, that everything else falls into place. No, 
um, there are going to be plenty of reasons why we should give up. There's going to be plenty of reasons why we should throw in the towel. But we need to be also careful of those voices, our own internal voices, right? The narratives that we buy into that we believe, uh, because those can also equally make or break us. But I'm thankful, Dan, that you stuck it out. Of course, it's still not easy. You have your daily struggles, as you rightly said. But, but you made it through law school when a lot of people would have given up considering the many obstacles that they had to, um, uh, to face. And there's one question that I like to ask my guests um, on the podcast. And that question is, what defines them? I've heard very many different answers about what people um, say about what defines them. And if I were to ask you that question, Dan, as you look back, on your life and your, your journey and where you've gotten to and the things that you had to go through, what would you say is that one thing that defines you? That's a very difficult thing to really funnel down. Mm -hmm. But I think at its core, I have a fundamental belief that I not only have an opportunity, but have an obligation to improve the circumstances within this world, within my sphere of influence, to the degree I can, to the highest degree I can. So it's this is a calling for me. Mm. And it's a calling that I bring a lot of joy from. And I'm not naive enough to think that I can fix everything. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like if I continue to put my shoulder to the wheel, hopefully I can make an impact that someone else can pick up that baton and take it further, but I will have done my part and I will have played my role in turning these challenges into something that is good. And that is worthwhile, despite some of the setbacks and the pain that I've experienced. Wow. Dan, this is probably um, someone listening to us right now who may have found themselves or maybe going through some very difficult challenges in life and not knowing where that help is going to come from. Maybe they may have just resigned their fate to the fact that this is it. There is nothing to live for. They're going to be stuck where they are and they, they need to hear from you. I want you to speak directly to that person, however you feel led, who's listening to you, who needs to hear something to move them from where they are to where they need to be, Dan, what would you tell that person? I'm going to start off by saying, as I hit some of these pivotal points in my life, I had to make the terrifying decision to reposition where certain people fit in my life and in some cases cut ties entirely. Mm. And it is scary because there's a part of us that says bad influence is still better than being alone because we don't see around the corner, the people who are waiting to join our inner circle once we're ready for them. And once we create space for them. So the first thing I'm going to say is don't be afraid to take a really good look at who you're surrounding yourself with and reposition yourself to have people in your life who are going to lift you higher 
and help you get to that next plane because eventually they will come. And beyond that, we live in a world where depending on our characteristics, depending on our past, depending on what circumstances we're born into, et cetera, et cetera, we have ascribed values placed upon us that are not reflective of who we are. Sometimes we get those at birth or in our childhood. Sometimes we think we're cruising along and something happens in our life that completely changes our trajectory. And the truth that we are still capable of advancing and becoming more than we currently are, that doesn't change even when life throws us a curveball. And, you know, especially for people who acquire a disability later in life, they sometimes say, well, Dan, it's easy for you to say because you've been this way all your life. Well, let me also go back and say, <laughs> my circumstances have changed quite a bit too in adulthood. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I needed you know, bilateral or in both legs to have my femurs broken and repositioned until I was a few months shy of my 30th birthday. And I'm saying, oh, mm. that's fun. But even still, it's, it's all about figuring out who you are, what you bring to the table, regardless of where you feel like you're currently at, and clinging on to those gifts and talents and remembering that no matter where you're at in life, you still have something to offer to the world. Because if that's your starting place, you're going to bring positivity in if you keep at it. What powerful words. Um, and then as we wrap up here, I want you to share a little bit about the work, the nonprofit work that you do. You found it. Um, a nonprofit. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the nonprofit and perhaps um, how they can uh, find where they can find that information to learn about the work that you did? Absolutely. So I'm going to start off by explaining that we are Pieces of Me Foundation and we spell pieces, P E A C E S, as in inner peace or world peace. Not only because it's a clever play on words, but because it reinforces this idea that no matter your characteristics or your circumstances, you're not broken. You're not missing a piece to make you whole. What we're trying to do is help you find within yourself and and within your surroundings how to embrace the gift of who you are and then advance to that next stage in life, whatever it may be, whatever unlocks your full potential. So we are a community where everyone can thrive. People come in, they, they can share their stories, they can share their struggles, they can ask for help finding resources, and really the power of our nonprofit is the crowd. It's the fact that if we're all on an island, it's pretty bleak. But if we band together and say, you may experience life differently than I do, but I understand some of these struggles and I'm here to take this journey with you, then we're starting to create something powerful that then becomes the foundation for a new narrative where people are fully and authentically included in our world, regardless of their characteristics. 
And what's the website, uh, Dan, that people can find you? That is piecesofme.org. So P-E-A-C-E-S of me.org. We are also on social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, Definitely anyone who wants to come follow along, participate in this movement, you're welcome to do so. We, We want you to do so whether you identify as having a disability or you want to become a better ally, we have stuff for you and we want you to share your wisdom with us so that we can make everything better and more refined and just keep that momentum going forward onto full inclusion. Dan Hodges, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this powerful, powerful, powerful um, story about your life and and, and leaving us with these lessons. I mean, two things that uh, I'm taking away immediately from this is to take stock of the people in your life and don't um, be afraid to cut ties um, from the negative negative people um, who who aren't aren't helping. And the second lesson here is you can become more than you think you are uh, thank you so much again dan for for coming on and to you our listeners we appreciate you if you're not yet subscribed to our podcast you can do that if you're an itunes user go ahead and subscribe we're on spotify iHeartRadio, radio google play pandora anywhere else you listen to your podcast and if this has impacted you in any way We'll appreciate you leaving as a, a positive review on iTunes. This is really how we impact lives. So again, Dan, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and to you, our listeners, for tuning in. And until next time, stay well.